Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Oh, why good afternoon, a pleasant evening to you, and hopefully pleasant night, sir. And if I don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. He got it, he got the reference. We're in, we're starting I don't believe you. I'm Liam S. Smith. One of your co-hosts. And I'm Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. This is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we are recapping and discussing the... Follow me, follow me. Okay. Stall. Yep. Get out my phone, look okay. at my notes. It, the the number which everyone wants to know about, the numeral of the most importance right now. Okay, stop stalling. 28th episode <laughs> yep. of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. The 180th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole. Mm-hmm. Entitled, Time for Heaven, Three Days Until the New Moon. It covers chapters 100, sorry, uh, what's going on? 712 through 714, and a bit of 715 of the manga. And a bit of 715. That's what I'm getting from this, uh, this display here. Oh, I see, I see. Some pages, not all of them, but some. A bit of it. Like, you know, maybe about halfway through. Yeah. A real cliffhanger ending, mid-chapter. Hmm. Not even an intended cliffhanger in the pacing of the manga. <laughs> Literally, if they had a cliffhanger, it would be the end of a chapter. But no. Araki said, no cliffhangers in my manga. I'm going to make it my way. And that's why shit's so weird. What's uh, what's the opening of that? Um, well, I did it my way. Yeah. As famously pictured or uh, played in uh, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. Chaos. The story of one beautiful man who made the ultimate sacrifice for all of us. He was so good and yet such a dick. You either die a warrior of light or live long enough to see yourself become chaos. But isn't, wasn't that like a good thing in the end? I mean, yeah, he, he still had to, as part of being chaos, unleash untold darkness and destruction on the world. But it was all for a good cause. It was. Yeah, Self-determination. Yeah, yeah. You know, the means justified the end. Freeing the people from the cycle of life and death and time and resets. Yeah, now they could just sort of stagnate in, and wander through the endless time. Well, not, famously not stagnate. Well, famously, not, not get reset. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, um, since we last recorded, mm-hmm. I have been looking a bit more into the Fast and Furious movies. Still haven't watched any of them. A wise um, choice, good sir. A wise choice. Just... Uh, one phrase from the Wikipedia synopsis of the first movie caught my eye that I wanted to share with you. Yep, go on. I mean, it could be any phrase. While investigating one garage at night, Brian is discovered by Dominic and Vince, but manages to convince them that, like them, he is researching his opponent's vehicles for the upcoming desert race wars. Yes. The race wars. Yes, what about them? It's a famous racing event in the yeah. desert. Yeah, yeah. It's not the other thing you would think it was from the name of the event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the question here? What's the, uh, what's, uh... Why did they call it that? What do you mean why'd they call it that? It was the 90s. It was a different time. 2001. It's 2001? <laughs> no. No, I refuse to believe this. No fucking way. 2001? It's like that Whitest Kids You Know sketch where um, Trevor Moore's character is like throwing a rock at his friend's window and being like, hey, come on, come on, race war. Let's do it. Race war. It's beautiful. Uh, Nick, shut up. Okay. I want to share with you No. some words of wisdom what? from huh? visionary, D- dreamweaver, but- author of D- JoJo's Bizarre huh? Adventure, Hero Hiko Araki, oh, your yes. friend and mine. He's a pal to all. He's a friend to all children, like Gamera. <laughs> so you remember last time was regarding superpowers, part one? Vaguely? And he talked about how he can detect doctors as a kid. Wasn't that because he was in a hospital? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, I think I remember. Regarding superpowers, part two. Oh my god, it actually has a part two. The other day, I bought five CDs. All of them were Western music, but their genres varied from jazz to rock to R&B. And the artists were all different as well. However... A close look revealed that all five of them were produced by the same person, a man named Antonio L.A. Reed. What were the chances of that happening? Like getting a royal flush in a game of poker, or winning the Lotto 6? I considered it a miracle. I felt a revelation. (laughs) And the photo is Hirohika Araki in a sort of disco outfit. Definitely not Sig Heiling Yeah, definitely at all. not doing a Hitler salute. No, absolutely not. 
Oh God. So okay, so hang wait, wait. So like just, just okay. He felt a revelation. He unlocks uh-huh. the new heat move, essence of uh Western es- music. Essence of producer. <laughs> yep. Yep. So okay, so let me get this right. Superpowers part two. He, he bought some CDs. He bought some CDs. He bought his Desert Island discs. Yep. Five of which All of which. Sorry, all of which were made by the same producer. Antonio Marquis L.A. Reed. What does this have to do with superpowers? It's his superpower, Nick. What? What? (laughs) He can detect, subconsciously detect albums by Antonio L.A. Reed. Oh, what? What? Araki, why? Why? What a beautiful man. Who's L.A. Reed? Uh, I'm skimming his... uh... Wikipedia page. He doesn't seem to have much going on. Uh, he's not I mean, Rick. Rubin. He's just a normal guy by the sound of it. Normal music industry guy. Oh, that's bad. And now you know what Hiroko Araki's been up to lately. Buying CDs. Did you know that? Um, sorry, I'm circling back again to Fast and Furious. <laughs> yes. Did you know that? Um, I'm just fascinated. Uh, Vin Diesel. He's not even like the protagonist. No. At first. No, he's like, not. He's not even in two and three. Wait, I thought he was in two. No. Oh, okay. All right, there you go. And he's more of the villain, closer to the villain in the first one. Yeah. Well, and he's not family yet. He's he's like the guy who's like, you guys ain't shit. We're going to race. We're going to go to the race wars. Yeah, exactly. We got a we got a race Hosted war. by Craig Charles uh, on 6am on Channel 10. Welcome to race wars. How you going, mate? I think it's going to be a good I'm day. I'm going to be riding Sir Killalot today. Sir Killalot? You know, Robot Wars? Pick up, oh, pick up yeah. what I'm putting down, Nick. I'm really trying to make this obvious. Sorry, I'm not a Robot Wars fan. I'm more of a BattleBots kind of guy. Couldn't tell you what that is. Sorry, I'm not really a Robot Wars kind of guy. I'm more of a Race Wars, Fast <laughs> and Furious kind of guy. <laughs> race Wars. An un- unthinkable decision. <laughs> Surely when they were writing it, they're like, wait, so they're racing, but it's like a battle. So they're fighting. What yeah. could we call that? What if we called it race battle? Shut up, Craig. What about race, race, like race pit? Nick's punching his hands together like as what, fists. What if it was like a race coliseum? No, too circular. Okay, what about like a, like a race? Like Speaking of race, race coliseum, um, I saw Daniel Sloss's latest stand-up show in the last month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had a good bit about how if the coliseum was still around, you would go to it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because the premise of it is... Um, you know, every time they open it up, yeah. a group of people who you hate are going to be fighting an animal you've never seen. Oh, shit, actually. <laughs> Surely, though, they would run out of animals that you've never seen, right? Well, but it would still be rare that you've seen them. It's true, it's true. Imagine going to the Coliseum twice in your life and being like, oh, I hear every well, time. bears again. Yeah, it's like literally first time, tiger. Second time, oh, it's going to be something good. It's a fucking tiger again. I've seen that one. I paid 10 lira to get yeah. into this fucking event. Oi, Emperor, change that one out. <laughs> All the way at the grandstand. Smash cut to him in the arena. Who is that angry young man over there? He seems like he could fight well. I think that's I think that's young Julius over there. I see. Put him in the arena. I want to see how he fights against yes. this tiger. No, no, make him fight the Christians. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to... He's, I want to he's have, the animal. Have him fight in the race wars. Get the chariots. <laughs> we'll soup them up. We'll have lots of shots of the um, chariot speedometer increasing. Do we have any NOS? <laughs> Fuck you. But there's a very different sort of race war occurring in Florida in 2012. Mm. Which apparently is when this is set, not 2006 or whatever we thought it was. Yeah, well, I think it's that thing, and I'll double check this, but I think it's that thing where from parts four through... Six or whatever, they were all set in the not too distant future, so it may have been published around that time. Right. I'll double check. Or Araki just forgot. Forgot what? What are you talking about? What year it was. And he was like, So it was published in 2002. It's set 10 years in the future. Okay, all right. So we split the difference, really. A very reasonable mistake for us to make. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So. There's three days left until the new moon. The new moon. The new moon. Which Jolene now knows about. Yeah. Because of what's-his-face on the motorbike. Ricky L. Sorry, Apollo 11 on the motorbike. You see, each of the sons of Dio represent a different Greek god. Apollo, Athena, and now Hades. (laughs) Ah. I hate how much sense that makes. (laughs) Um, They've arrived in Orlando. Mm Mm-hmm. 
which uh, the subtitle super titles informs us is uh, ten hours from Cape Canaveral by car. Mm-hmm. Which now that I think about it, it's a long makes, drive. It makes more sense. It's like given... longer than from here to Denmark. Yeah, it's a huge drive. But you know, who's going to go to Cape Canaveral? I suppose it might be urban, more urban traffic as well. Oh, maybe it's like ten hours on like a shit day of on the highway. Yeah, and you're just like, just move. I want you to move. Honk honk. Yeah. There's all these geese on the road. All these fucking geese. <laughs> so, a child is being rushed into the hospital. We're back at Lucky Land West Hospital, where uh, Father Pucci first encountered the three sons. Mm-hmm. And uh, this woman is like, Mike! My oh. son, Mike! My, <laughs> Mike TV! <laughs> uh, and uh, Jojo and her friends are outside. Jolene's looking and is like, he's here. I can sense him. I sense a presence I haven't felt for some time. The priest is inside this building, and I'm going to go find him. I'm going to go murder a priest in a hospital. (laughs) I bet this isn't where you thought this part was going, but guess what? We're here now. It's a good thing you're already in a hospital, because you're going to need some serious (laughs) medical attention. If that line doesn't come up for defeating any other person in this show, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. Jolene uh, has a moment with Emporio. It's like, Emporio. I want you to take my father's disc and call this number with this phone that we stole from Rikiel and uh, get the Speedwagon Foundation to come pick it up. And she's like cradling his face in her hands and like he's got his mouth open and she's just staring down his throat. I, I said to you it's a bit like part five just coming back in terms of like a kiss of death is coming. I'm, like, I'm really glad it didn't go this route but it reminded me a bit of how in End of Evangelion Mm-hmm. Um, Masato like French kisses Shinji and then is like that was a grown up kiss we'll do the rest when you get back uh, to inspire him to go fight <laughs> and die for them yeah clearly it's inspired by though <laughs> you know it's like oh, it's kind of fucked up but it was kind of meant to be fucked up yeah the big woman from prison who's now dragged oh, me oh, along so big and like she could just step on me <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's given me a gun no she hasn't hasn't she no what do you mean? He does have a gun in the OP, but they have not given him a gun. Yeah, they have. No, they haven't. Yeah, they were like, have this gun. Where did they get a gun from? From when they escaped from prison. No, that never happened. Oh, okay, never mind then. Oh, maybe he doesn't have a gun yet. Yeah. does he? Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> uh, kisses him on the cheek, gives him the phone, go figure it out. He leaves the episode. It was a He's never kiss. seen again. <laughs> no, he is. He returns. Okay, but good. wouldn't that be great if that was a wrap on Emporio? Oh, God. It's like, go back to the Speedwagon Foundation. We get to the end of the part. It's like, what happened to Emporio? Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, in a room of the hospital, a dimly lit room of the hospital, Uh Father Pucci's having one of his moments. He's eaten a very good meal for a hospital. He's eating, it looks, so we learned that it's like pureed uh, fish and crab meat. Mm Mm-hmm. Assembled in the form of like a flan, Mm -hmm. along with prawns on... Capsicum or zucchini slices? Yeah, I think it's zucchini slices, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and a sauce. There's two sauces. It looks gross, honestly. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, but he's like, he's so the whole thing is he's um asking, he's asking, he, say, he says later on that he ordered this meal because he was told there was no shellfish in it and there's four fucking prawns on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then later we learn that it has... Crab in it, it's crab point. in the main body of it, <laughs> and um, scallops in the sauce. It's all shellfish. It's like if you went. <laughs> it's like if you're like, I'll have the steak, please. And they come out with like a duck, and you're like, this this is a bird, not a steak. It's like, no, 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 it's a steak. Nick being in the restaurant, like, excuse me, sir, does the um, peanut brittle have any nuts in it? No, no, sir, it's all peanuts. It's like, oh, okay, great. Comes back, it's just all pine nuts, and you're like, can you eat peanuts? Oh, okay. Well, that that bit fell flat on its face. Yeah, I know. I thought you were allergic to them. No, no, but it's like if I ordered peanuts and instead they just bring out... Oh, you said pine nuts. And I'd be like, no, you fucking oaf. I'm going to die now. And then I just, you know. I can't believe Father Pucci (laughs) ate some shellfish and died of his allergies before (laughs) Jolene could kill him. Right before he could obtain the new mood. Yeah, they just go down the hole. It's like, what happened to Pucci? It's like, ha ha. Good day. Died of anaphylaxis in a hospital. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine how embarrassing that would be for the mm-hmm. The rest of this part is the litigations against the hospital made by um uh, by Jolene. Yeah. 
purely to be like, I was meant to beat him. You took that away from me. And it's the same lawyer guy that put her in prison. Oh, that elf looking fucker. Yeah. And it's like, Jolene, it's like, you, I have to defeat you in court the only way I know how. Self. Don't do that on the audio. Oh, God. That's terrible. (laughs) Nick, I'm going to cut that, but Nick cracked his knuckles loudly and grossly. (laughs) Have I ever told you about the time I was, um... At a, at a, well, I guess now they're called Warhammer shops, but at a Games Workshop. <laughs> what? What? They literally rebranded all the shops from Games Workshop to Warhammer shops because every parent was like, is this a Warhammer shop? And so they literally just rebranded to be like, yes, we are a Warhammer shop. Can't argue with the logic. I know. I know. It's hilarious. But now you've got all these guys coming in and being like, I, where can I get my Warhammer? I need to go fight some orcs. Oh, sorry. That You want a blacksmith, not this place. It says Warhammer shop. I know, but we don't sell any Warhammers. Bullshit. Hey, 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 watch your tone, all right? We're <laughs> kids here. There are 14-year-olds here who have deep self-esteem issues. <laughs> and they're trying to paint in a nice, quiet environment. And we're trying to get them to pay more money. So you can get out of here with your negative tone. Only a rube would go into a Warhammer shop. From what I understand, the real pro move is going onto eBay uh, after Christmas or whatever and searching things like Warhammer toys and things that are just keywords that are slightly misspelled. Because you want to find parents who are selling their, like, adult kids old uh, Warhammers uh, without knowing the exorbitant prices they go for. Mm. Or just going onto, like, the Facebook marketplace and be like, hello, I just want to get rid of this. $3 $3 for a full set. Yeah. And you're like, sure, I'll take it. I've got a $600 worth of 3D printed plastic here. <laughs> it's uh, it's one model. It's, it's one <laughs> model. <laughs> Never got into Warhammer. Not my thing. Yeah, look, there is literally, I think it's like a $1,200 model. Um, Better be pretty big. It, it's like... It's Use your pro- words. It's, it's about the size of a Blue Yeti microphone. <laughs> 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 I think... All of the people that listen to this podcast will know how tall that is. <laughs> it's like the size of two large takeaway coffee cups. Sure. Um, or one 600 milliliter water bottle. Let me just uh, let me just bring over my 570 milliliter. Oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that being the case. Yeah, all right. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's like yay big, I think. And it's just like a big spiral of plastic that's like inflamed. And like then a, a double do- helix or a single a helix? A single helix. Wow. And then a guy at the top shooting something. Like, a, like himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'd buy that. I'd buy that so fast. Oh. It's kind of the plot of Persona 3, right? <laughs> Where you have to you have to shoot your head to go into... The Persona world? Yeah, into their whatever it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever said. <laughs> And you got to diss Warhammer at the same time. Yeah. This is a great day. Anyway, so Father Pucci is like, sorry to bother you, uh, unnamed, as yet unnamed, Versus. <gasps> versus. Or Versus, as it's spelt. Mm-hmm. I want you to try this meal. Just figure out if it has any uh, shellfish in it, please. I'm deathly allergic, you see. So I can't have any. But I only want you to have a single bite because it's mine. So this guy comes out from the shadows. He's, he's in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair. For now. And he takes a single forkful. So we should probably describe him. Okay, he's he's got beautiful, piercing blue eyes. Just utterly gorgeous blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Real blondy. Um, Much like Poochie, he's got a ponytail. Um, so last night I watched all six episodes of the new season of <laughs> I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Is this episode just us getting sidetracked no, by things we No, more recently? than usual. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but... Uh, Particularly in this season, but also I think as a recurring thing in that show in general, there's a there's like a recurring motif of like ponytail guys like being mm-hmm. like kind of douchey or not trustworthy. Isn't that just is is that not like reality? Is this not? But I feel like these two really embody this in this mm-hmm. episode. Later on, when they're hanging out by the crashing plane, just with their ponytails whipping in the wind. <laughs> They uh, You can tell how evil they are by how many ponytails they have. Yeah, Poochie's got three ponytails. That's pretty evil. That's a pretty big evality, you know? Anyway, so he's so he's got, like, blonde hair. He's got, like, a, a kind of... A choker um, on. Yeah, he's got a choker. Or is it a tattoo? Maybe. It's unclear. 
Yeah. In the same spot that were the uh, the scar line between Dio's head and Jonathan's body was. Ooh. The neck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got like a blue outfit with like. It's a white outfit with like blue straps. It's like a space suit. No, it's like Almost. a uh, racer suit or something. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. A racer suit. Mm. A race war suit. <laughs> Do you reckon there's there's going to be white? There's going to be <laughs> there's going to be someone listening. This is like, guys. I think I think maybe the race wars joke. You kind of missed the point because in Fast and Furious, they they say it's called the race wars for this reason, and you didn't bring that up. You know, context is important. We'll be like, it's called race wars. It's called race wars. <laughs> Why would they call it that? <laughs> I'm just checking if it's to see if it's based on a real event or not. Why are you so obsessed with the race It's just wars? a fucking stupid name. <laughs> Dominic Toretto and his team invented it. Okay. Who's Dominic Toretto? Vin Diesel. Oh, okay. Wait, what the fuck? Is this a Wikipedia article about the race wars? Yep, it's not long. <laughs> Does it have a controversy section? <laughs> Welcome to Race War Malfaction. Oh, man. What I love uh, is There that... is a real-life event based on the movie that occurs in multiple places throughout the world, including Australia and Royal City, Washington. But is it called... <laughs> the, the Australian race wars, of course, take place on Cronulla <laughs> Beach. <laughs> and possibly soon again <laughs> in Melbourne or Canberra. Oh, man. But surely they're not called the race. They wars. are. Surely, surely in real life. Luke Skywalker to Obi-Wan Kenobi is like, you fought in the race wars? Yes. But that was many moons ago. So, um. So he's wearing this racer fucking outfit. Yeah, he looks like a fucking speed racer. Yep. Um, Pucci is hand feeding him a small little sliver of shellfish-based, not-shellfish food. Well, he, he takes one bite and immediately identifies all the ingredients. Um, he's like, hmm, hmm, yes. Whitefish. Flounder, mm. be, to be precise. Mm. Also contains sliced asparagus. Mm. The asparagus is incorporated into some ground crab meat. But no shellfish. Is crab meat not shellfish? Um, I don't know if it is. Because when I think about shellfish, I don't think crab. I think, like, lobster. But it's a... Crayfish. Crabs and lobsters are the same thing. I mean, don't get me wrong, crabs <laughs> live in a shell, but they're not like shellfish. Is crab shellfish. Within the shellfish community, there's there's a lot of contention. There are high levels of tropomyosin in shrimp, crab, and lobster, making them the most common offending shellfish. I see. <laughs> it's just it's all shellfish. Well, why no. why did you order this, Fuji? No, it's not shellfish. The dude just I said he just said, yeah, we've got, you know, like there's crab in the main body of it. Yeah, but there's no shellfish. He just said there's no shellfish. He's not. He, look, look, our boy Versus is like, nah, nah, no shellfish, mate. No shellfish. No bloody shellfish. <laughs> He's trying to get Pucci killed. <laughs> exactly. He wants to be free of his reign. I'm not done. Could I have another bite with the sauce, please? So Pucci nods and then just lovingly uh, swamps a bit of sauce on another bit of flan. Mm -hmm. Takes a bite, and he's all like, mm, yes, I have bad news regarding this sauce. Scallops. Mm. Poochie pivots. Your shoe size is 27 centimetres. At which point I may or may not have burst out laughing. Yeah. Would you stand up for me? And at first we thought, we're, we thought he was asking like a paraplegic guy to get out of his wheelchair. Like, you know, I bid you to walk. <laughs> uh, but no, he's just like, take your time so you don't aggravate your gunshot wound that's got you in that wheelchair. Yep. Um, so it's 181 he, centimeters tall, 72 kilograms. Uh, his size, I guess, watch size, shirt size, it's yeah, unclear. I think it's uh, shirt size, yeah. He's 52 and he wears his watch with two, ho uh, two, two holes up. Yes. So he's got thinner wrists? I'm not exactly sure what he's getting at here. I think he's looking for a body double. Yeah, is he saying we're the same, like... We're the same person, you and I. <laughs> They're nose to nose, interesting, staring deeply into each other's eyes. <laughs> and he's like, would you die for me? It's uh, it's not clear to me exactly what he's driving at, but he's either saying he's got the same like vital statistics as Poochie, or I would guess possibly the same as Dio, or very similar to Dio. Mm, which is identical to Poochie's apparently. <laughs> so then he, he checks like his heart rate and blood pressure and they are identical to Poochie's. Yeah, so on the, ch the one stuff on the chart, 
is identical to what Pooch uses when he puts it on. So he's saying we're the same. And he's We've like, both got ponytails. Yeah, and he's like, this is very interesting. Yeah. What are you hinting at? I still haven't seen my ability. And then uh, something horrible happens. So Poochie's all like, no, 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 just eat your flan. Uh, Jolene and Hermes are in the hospital corridor outside and Poochie is like, destiny's on my side, you see. Because of the fates, maybe Jolene and Hermes will forget to check this room. (laughs) Of all the rooms to check, not this one. Then um, a dead boy claws his way out of the the, the fork hole left in the, the seafood flan. And he's all like, I remember, with like a finger poking yeah. out, and then it's two fingers, and, face. and then he sort of explodes it's like, he's been, like he's been buried in the earth, and he's clawing mm. his way out. Mm. And I was shot. My dad hates me because my dad is the one who shot me. <gasps> oh, oh, my God. Ghost story. And then the bullet reverses out of his neck at high speed, going through the door, and shooting his father, who's sitting on the bench outside the door. Oh, my God. Killing him instantly. And uh, the woman's like, no, Mike's father. <laughs> Poor Mike's father. Poor Mike. Ah. Yeah, I retract my sympathy for Mike's father, who famously shot his son. And that's all we know about him. A terrible man. Uh, Hermes and Jolene investigate the door. The priest's new ally in there with his stand power. But that was a regular bullet. What's going on here? I don't know. A guy's like, evacuate the hospital. You two, evacuate. Well, my job's done. <laughs> And then he just walks off. Yep. He's like, I'm going to go check on the six kids and tell them to evacuate as well. I'm such a good hospital worker. All the nurses outside are just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Where where are the kids? I told them to evacuate. You can't tell them to evacuate. They can't walk. (laughs) But I thought I was doing a good job. What do you think this is? The Fast and Furious Race Wars? They can't. They don't have engines. I just wanted to finish my work day early so I could head over to Race Wars. No, you can't go to Race Wars until you evacuate the children from the hospital. (laughs) Now you get back in that hospital and you get those kids out of there. Hermes and Jolene go into the hospital room. There's a big hole in the floor that's radiating Katakana. It's like... It's a like a, sinkhole, a big almost. old pit, yeah. yeah. It's like um, Link would dive down it in The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom to enter mm. the abyss. Ah, filled with gloom. Yeah, mm. you hate that. Hate that. You hate to see gloom hands. So Jolene immediately, as true Jolene would do, is like, the priest is down there, I'm, I'm going go in. Down there. And Hermes is like, Jolene, don't you go down that hole. Don't you enter that I forbid hole. it, it's obviously a trap. And she's like, I know it's a trap, but he could just wait down there until the new moon or even tunnel to Cape Canaveral from here. And Hermes strokes her chin and says, hmm, wise. Mm. So they find a torch under a bed and uh, Jolene unspools some thread that Hermes will belay her with. Mm. And so Hermes is like, this is a bad idea. And Jolene's like, I know. So she heads down. Oh, but first they find Versus's chart. Oh, yeah. 25-year-old male, name of Versus. Now... Is Versus a reference, perhaps, and th- this is a long shot here, a reference to Versace? What? Possibly. Or is there actually... Yes, Nick, his full name is Donatello Versace, which is a direct reference to... Uh, d- oh, sorry, Versus, I should say. Donatello Versus. Yeah. A direct reference to Donatella Versace. I knew it. I fucking the knew Italian it. Italian fashion designer, businesswoman, socialite, and model. Wait, lady? I thought Versace was a man. Donatella. Oh, Donatella. It's a whole family, Nick. Are you not paying attention? No. I never pay attention. <laughs> upon her brother... Oh, sorry, upon her sister... What? What the fuck is going on? Oh, sorry. She is the sister of her brother, Gianni Versace. Right. Founder of the luxury fashion company. There and inherited it upon his death. Or upon right. Her. Okay. So she is she the current owner of Versace? Or is there a... Uh... I don't know. She is the current monarch. Uh, and when the new monarch abdicates the throne... Um, yeah, she's still creative director. Okay, all right. Philanthropy. We're starting on a high. We're starting uh, on a high. Don't, continues to be a patron of the Elton John AIDS Foundation. Nice, nice. Um, Seems all right. Donates to hospitals. You know, she's rich. She makes donations. To be fair, I, I looked up some Versace. It's and, okay. And we saw that it's just a lot of gold. Like, it's a lot of gold. I love gold. You couldn't help yourself. <laughs> Um, but also, when I looked up what made it what it is, it said it's uh, it's like luxurious classicism with overt sexuality. Good gig if you can get it. Now, when you look at those handbags, what does your mind conjure? It doesn't. 
Um, Nothing sexual, no, no. no. Carnal uh, urges. Don't have a handbag fetish. The versus line was a diffusion line um, founded by Gianni as a gift to his sister Donatella. Oh. Discontinued in 2005, but relaunched by Donat- Donatella in 2009 with a capsule collection of accessories designed by the British designer Christopher Kane. Capsule? Capsule collection. What? As in, like, medical capsules? A capsule wardrobe is a small collection of clothes that can be put together in different ways and includes everything you would normally need to wear. Ah, like pants mm. and a shirt. Mm. And underpants. So, so, a normal set of clothing. Okay. Still very confused, but go on. The logo of uh, Versace mm-hmm. is inspired by Medusa. Oh, Okay. Wasn't Medusa, was she uh, like a great like weaver or something? Or no, was she no. too beautiful? Versace, not Versace, Medusa was uh, the lady that if you looked her... Yeah, but she was eyes, cursed for for some reason. Oh, because she was... She was cursed by the gods for being too beautiful? Okay. Or someone, someone was a better weaver than one of the gods and maybe was turned into a spider or something. Oh, Ari- maybe, Ariadne. Maybe it was Medusa. I don't know. I don't know enough about Greek history. Good. Yeah. Okay, I have found, after searching several pages, buried deeper than you might expect, the controversy section for the Versace brand. Yes. Tell me more. <laughs> In August 2009, Versace produced a range of tops suggesting Hong Kong and Macau were separate countries. Ooh, you don't I, want to be doing I don't that. know enough about that geopolitical situation. Neither do I. Versace apologised, saying it made a mistake in the design and would destroy the offending clothing. In response to controversy, Young Mi ended her relationship as brand ambassador for Versace. Oh. I don't know who that is. She is a Chinese actress and singer. Oh. So this is, this is, this sounds to me like some of that Imperial China, mm. One Nation stuff. Yeah, okay. All right. Anyway. One of the more benign brands we've encountered so far, other than I'm sure lots of labour exploitation as is normal for fashion. Gotta be. But undocumented on Wikipedia. The height of research that we conduct (laughs) for this podcast. Mm. Nick, while we've taken a little digression, although we haven't really gotten into the stand yet, I would like to first tell you about its name and its Jojo Valley commentary. Underworld. Underworld. Hellfish. Here's what Hirohika Araki had to say in the Jojo Valley commentary. Hit me. The social issues of the time. Or maybe a new type of fear. At the time, I was obsessed with psychological matters. I really like how its design has the eyes shoot- has the things shooting out of its eyes. <laughs> One of the more nothing commentaries we've had so far. It doesn't even describe- The social issues of the time. Or maybe a new kind of fear. But it's, it doesn't even describe what it is. It's just a, yeah, you know, that The social stuff, issues. The, the stuff, you know? It's like, what stuff? Yeah, man. Like, what? Oh, my God. Are you not paying attention? The, the, the social, social issues. issues. Of the time. Of the time. Or maybe a new kind of fear. Hmm. Hmm. Psychology. Is, it, is this like, um, you, you know, there's that, uh, that set of things you can respond to things that you don't have a way to respond to? What? So there's a list of things you can say when it's like, clearly something has ended in the conversation. Oh, like, like a thought terminating cliche? Yeah. And it's like things like, in this economy? Or uh, yeah. as the gods foretold, or as the prophecy so says. Or, or as, as like you that. hear in a lot of uh, anime, someone saying like, I don't know what the Japanese phrase is, but it's often translated as like, it can't be helped. Yeah, exactly. It's stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is this one of those yeah. things? Yeah, the like, social issues of the time. No, no, just... A new kind of fear. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, Underworld uh, draws its name from Underworld, a British electronic music group formed in 1987 in Cardiff, Wales. Hell yeah. Featuring... Love Cardiff. (laughs) Featuring Carl Hyde and Rick Smith, and previously featuring Bryn Burrows, Alfie Thomas, Baz Allen, Pascal Consoli, and Darren Emerson. Nice. From Emerson Lake and... Wait, hang on. Anderson or Emerson? Emerson. From Emerson Lake and Palmer? I don't know. Is it is it the very same? Could it be? No. <laughs> Shit. I was so close to getting something right. Underworld's alternative names, mm-hmm. also known as... Uh, Here we go. Lemon Interrupt. <laughs> Steppen Razor. Ste- wait, Step On Razor? Steppen. Step In Razor? Like Stepping. Step N Razor. Like E-N-I-N or O-N? I-N apostrophe. Steppen Razor. Yeah. Okay, all right. And finally, of course, 
Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. <laughs> Who, as we all know... <laughs> We, look, not to steal jokes or anything, but we all know Mr. and Mrs. Christmas have a poly relationship, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. Uh, this is our latest track. <laughs> could you, could you Jingle imagine, bells. Could you imagine, like, you know how we've got um, modern electronic bands who are, like, super atmospheric and, like, yeah, we're bringing a more futuristic sound to the to the radio waves. And then it's like, you come out with Mr. and Mrs. Christmas and they're just like, hello, hello, we're Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. We are with some good old it's fashioned two guys as well. Yeah, and it's just like, doom, doom, doom. And they're like, hello, hello, how are you? Welcome to British Radio BBC4. Oh, oh, how are you going? I've got a great mixtape for you. Mr. and Mrs. Christmas all bloody night. Let's bloody go. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. <laughs> Alright, so listen up here, alright? We've got the bangers of the eight. Of the, the bangers like... and the mash. <laughs> listen, alright? We've got Silent Night with a vengeance. <laughs> this one's from Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. It's the Christmas Macarena. Uh, what's what's the lyrics to the Christmas Macarena? It's the same as the Macarena. <laughs> but at the end, it's just it's ho, a real ho, song. Ho. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, that's we right. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Oh, fuck. Nick, that's right. Um, Albums by Mr. and Mrs. Christmas oh, include Here we go. Uh, all one word this. Uh, dub no bass with my head man. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Second toughest in the infants. In the infants? Yep. Okay. Boku fish. Oh shit, yes, okay. Born slippy dot N-U-X-X. <laughs> okay. And dark and long, parentheses dark train. <laughs> These names, they're just as good they're as Mr. Good. and Mrs. Christmas. I love their names. Oh my they're God. known for their atmospheric progressive compositions, Hyde's cryptic lyrics, and dynamic live performances. They've influenced Ooh. a wide range of artists and have been featured in soundtracks for score, uh, and scores for films, television, and the 2012 Summer Olympics in London. So that may be why I know about them, because if I remember right... This, the London Olympics thing is a fucking banger. Is it? It really, like, unironically, it is a banger okay. of a tune. So. Awesome. Look that shit. Look up Mr. and Mrs. Christmas, listener. Stop listening to this shit. <laughs> and probably search for them by Underworld, their main name. <laughs> but they're less memorable one, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Underworld? <sighs> Arik, you should have called the stand Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Christmas. <laughs> what would the stand power Same, be same power, same? yeah. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Christmas returns the memories of the I dead. Imagine Versace in his deep voice saying, Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. Oh, God, amazing. Uh, Underworld have been mentioned as an influence by a number of video game composers, Ooh. such as Nobuyoshi Sano, mm -hmm. Andrew Seeger, which uh -huh. sounds made up. Okay. Andrew Seeger? What's wrong with yeah, I, I write all the music for Seeger, don't I? I'm Andrew Seeger. No, no, it's he'd like Tommy to... Tallarico-esque fake name. <laughs> but he, he would live in, like, Japan or something, being like, Hello, hello, I live in Japan, I do. <laughs> this is my Japanese accent. Hey, arigato to ya, young fella. Like, Jesper please, Kid, please which is a name I've heard. Jesper Kid's a cool guy, yep. Mikhail Van Den Bos. Ooh. I recognize <laughs> the name, but... And Rom de Pis Prisco. Oh, Rom de Prisco's a dope lad. Oh, is he? Yeah, he made the um, Unreal Tournament 3. Oh, so he did, so, yeah. I and Guacamelee. He... Guacamelee. Did he work on Doom Eternal? Is that Rom, or is that... Doesn't say at the top of his Wikipedia page. Okay, maybe not. He's also, he's also known as mm. my favourite part of Wikipedia. Oh, God, here we go. Morphodron. What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Rom de Prisco is also known as Morphodron. Oh, I thought you said more fudge Ron. <laughs> I was like, more fudge Ron? What? He's featured on the Fortnite soundtrack. Ah, uh, there you What's go. What's Andrew Seeger done? And what is he also known as? <laughs> also known as Man with Kettle. <laughs> He's also known as Necros. Oh, sick. Sawson. Sick. And oh, the Alpha Conspiracy. The Alpha Conspiracy. Yep. They're trying to bring the wolves down and in this world. in all caps... X, Y, Z, Z, Y. Zizzy. <laughs> okay. Weird. Andrew Gregory Seeger. What, what the hell has Andrew Seeger worked on? Other than all Seeger uh, games. Video game credits. Let's see. Um, not a lot. I'm not seeing a lot here. Unreal Tournament. The unreleased Jazz Jackrabbit 3. Uh, Iron Seed. 
Crusader, no regret. Aqua Teen Hunger Force Zombie Ninja Pro Am. Oh shit, yeah. Okay, we're gonna. Okay, this is this is the thing of the day. We're gonna check these other composers for also knowns as. <laughs> okay, assuming they have one. Nobuyoshi Sano is also known as Sano DG. Ooh. Best known for the Ridge Racer and Tekken series, as well as Dragon Guard. Nice. Wait, what's his face? Yeah, because he did all the um the chip tune stuff for it, right? I don't know. Or maybe just the normal music. I don't know. I don't care. I wonder if he worked on any of the Neo games. I mean, almost definitely. Dragon Guard Two sound director. This is where we... Um, Dragon we, Guard 3, Exhaustion 3. This is where we break down on the floor, rolling uncontrollably, screaming near Automata. Yep. Audio supervisor for Neo Replicant version 1.22474487139. The PlayStation remake. I see. But no near Automata. No, but near. So, near enough. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Liam has quite a burgeoning smile on his face now. Jesper Kidd did Hitman, Assassin's Creed, Borderlands, Darksiders 2, and State of Decay. He did fucking everything for a while. He has no also known... I mean, when your name is Jesper Kidd, with yeah. a Y, yeah. you don't really need to be also known as Darkstorm or whatever. What are you talking about? What are you talking... What the hell is that meant to mean? Mikiel Vandenboss is also known as MCA and Mike Boss. Ah. He did Unreal, Unreal Tournament date. Sensing a theme there. Yeah. A lot of Unreal Tournament representation in yep. being inspired by underworld <laughs> and the overlord series oh did not think that would come up you know the overlord series and um, that's like sort of a pikmin like sort of where you've got little like, goblins and yeah you... like a very simplified pikmin yeah mm. and you just say attack them now, yeah, i played about three quarters of the first one before i got bored mm. Mm. that's about where i got to <laughs> Except it was more like a quarter. It's a novel gimmick, but uh, I found the controls a little annoying. Yeah. And Pikmin just did it better. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. Well, I'm going to so, go home and look up Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. Yeah. I think we should exclusively, we should resolve to exclusively refer to this stand as Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. <laughs> Which we'll forget next week. Yes. But that's the beauty of recording. Jolene goes down the hole. Whoop. Uh, Hermes hangs on to that thread. Jolene finds herself... You may find yourself in an aeroplane. <laughs> oh no. This isn't my beautiful hole. This isn't my beautiful priest. Where am I? What's the rest of that song? I don't know. I don't know. As the days go by, three days till the new moon. <laughs> she touches a spoon and finds herself in an aeroplane. She's like, I don't like being in this aeroplane. And they're all like, we will have uh, a short break, short rest, and uh, then the plane will crash. So she, a man is reading a newspaper. And she can see it is July 21st, 2005. I commented to you during this watch. But if you look at the newspaper and it was uh, September 11, 2001. Oh boy! That would be something. That would be Big swing by Hirohiko Araki. Yeah, just being all like, what's the most in-memory thing? I know what I can So Jolene's do. in this plane. Mm -hmm. And uh, Versus and Pucci are just kind of like in a tunnel watching this plane. Just biding their time, mm -hmm. just just waiting it out. She's got a thread. I'll go cut it. And yeah, so Jolene immediately starts getting Hermes. She's like, I'm in a plane. This is bad. I don't understand what's going on. Hermes, pull me out. Pull me out. Pull out now. And she says she she starts getting pulled out. It's a slow process, but we see the uh, sound of her shout spiraling up the um the string. Yeah, like uh, you know when you get a couple of pairs of cans and. Mm. Uh, Speak through the string. Oh, I know. Oh, oh Let me tell you about my childhood living in the Perth Hills. We didn't have telephones. Or string. We just had to use the cans. But it was wireless communication. <laughs> so Hermes is like, oh, I better start pulling her up. But our boy versus starts heading towards cutting off the thread. Yeah. And she, she, he's going to cut it off. But then Jolene first makes him dodge her punchies. Mm -hmm. And then like with the tension of the line that's pulling her lifeline and also like a second bit of thread she rigs up like a like tension launcher so yeah, that like a slingshot or so something. that she launches a pen into mr and mrs christmas's neck and uh as soon as but of course hits, only stands can harm stands of course so as soon as that happens our boy mr and mrs christmas uh aka versace mm -hmm. blood just starts pouring out of their neck and like, poochie's like no, she's really tough. You don't understand? Listen, you've just awakened to your stand. Yeah, she's been in prison. You could say she is a hardened fighter because she's an adept fighter. But you've done well because now she's scared of the plane and we can stay down here. We can bide our time for like three days. But then like 
his resolve hardens unbeknownst to Pucci. And he's like, no, I need to kill her. Or it's like, you don't understand. She'll be back. And so something unexpected happens while Hermes is pulling up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jolene. You remember our old friend in the pipe who was drowned. Who was named? Sports Maximum. That's right, close enough. Uh, so Sports Max appears where Jolene should be. And uh, Hermes is like, Sports Max? I killed you for killing my sister. That's and he's like, right you thing. did. But the earth remembers. The earth remembers when a boy gets shot and hits the ground. Or when you buried me in a prison pipe. Or when a certain plane crashed. The earth remembers. It's like a magnetic tape or a digital camera. The earth remembers. The earth remembers you Googling. What is it about a foot fetish? That seems so alluring on Google 12 years ago. The Earth remembers what you called your street racing event. <laughs> the Earth remembers like a DVD remaster. A Fast and Furious 2 that still refused to change the name. You mean Too Fast and Furious. Indeed. <laughs> the Earth remembers what it should have been named. So Sportsmax gets all up in her face and is all like the Earth remembers. So he... She kills him again. He disintegrates. Just literally punches him and he turns into, like, dirt. But in the process... Jolene gets pulled up. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, and Jolene immediately is like, Hermes, listen, shit's bad down here. Now, does she fall in too? They both fall in? Is that what happens? That's my photo seemed to indicate. Oh, did they get knocked down as Sport Max is coming down? Sport Max, yeah. Sport Max. <laughs> my favourite shot. Sport Mac. Yeah. Either way, Hermes and Jolene then eventually... Both fall into the hole. Yep. And the stewardess gives her predestination horror movie style um, uh, emergency exit speech. It's July 21st, 2005. And the destination, time to get the destination, is 2133. It's currently 2128. And then we see a clock, uh, a temperature gauge, Mm -hmm. and a little light. In three minutes, this aircraft will crash into the ground. Please turn off all electronic devices and fasten your seatbelt at your lower waist. Ding ding. Also, the face of the passenger seated at the rear gets lodged in my stomach. She unbuttons her shirt. And there's a guy's face in there. He doesn't look very happy to be there. Jolene and Hermes are like, oh no. That's real awkward for us. (laughs) We're going to get out of here. And they're both like, they're both like tapping at the ceiling. (laughs) Where's the exit? (laughs) My God. It's, It's as if this plane... Is just as hard as a real plane. Oh my god. That's impossible though. This isn't a real plane. It's some sort of stand attack. Uh, and they look out the window and they can see... I think they can see Father Pucci and Versace. Well, just we certainly standing. can. Yeah, we can. Um, Stewardess is like, uh, please do not punch the ceiling. Please sit and wait quietly for your demise. Uh, and Jolene is like stand punching the ceiling. This is some serious like Namek's going to explode in... Five minutes, shit, you know? Mm. Three minutes to the plane crash, and we're gonna have like a full episode in here. Yep. Um, and then she grabs. She the... shirt fronts her. Sorry, sh- Jolene shirt fronts the hostess. I wanna speak with the pilot. That's Jolene's voice. And the hostess is like, I'm sorry, but it's not. It's no use! This plane's gonna crash. And then like her skin starts to burn away, and we see the tendons underneath. You see, we all burned in the fire. There was an explosion. Sir, I ask you to please turn off your electronic devices. And he's like, oh. And there's another guy trying to drink the water, but it's it's steaming away before he can. And like going through the many holes in his neck. Yeah. And, just, and, and he's like, oh no, I read about this plane. Flight 2882 en route to Dallas. It crashed in Orlando six or seven years ago. Are they ghosts? And then one guy's like, one very perceptive guy is like, where memory? This guy is like, um... No, uh, no, this is the... Um, actually, no, guy. No, no, yeah, I've got, I've got this. I've got this. Oh, okay, uh, all right, all right. Uh, spoilers for Final Fantasy XIV: Shadowbringers. Okay. Uh, Emmett Selk, one of the Asian wizards from beyond the dawn of time, yeah, recreates the city of Amarot in, at the bottom of the ocean in another reality. Okay. Uh, so that he can just hang out in it and have a world that's a bit like the one that he longs for. Okay. Uh, and he creates all these shades that represent the people he knew at the time, mm-hmm. but only one of them understands that um, that it's a fabrication. Uh, the rest are all like in the fiction. Uh, and that's because it was Emmett Sirk's famously perceptive friend, Hithlodeus, who speculates that maybe for a a split second during the act of creation, mm-hmm. maybe Emmett Selk thought something like, 
Hithlidaeus would know, though. And so he did. So you speak to this self-aware shade about that situation, and it's like, well, you know, this is the situation I'm in. You've killed him now, so I suppose sooner or later we'll stop existing. But I was never really alive anyway. So, so hang on. So because he thought, no, no, but I reckon he would know because he was a pretty perceptive guy. He does. Yeah. Because oh he created the whole city from scratch with his mount with his mind. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that. Where yeah. he's like, so when this one guy on the plane is like, where memories, merely the facts of the event, recorded by the earth, by Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. <laughs> and uh, Hermes is like, Mr. and Mrs. Christmas? Yeah, and then they see them outside the plane. And Poochie's like, can you speed up the crash? Just the two ponytail boys. And Versace's like, no. Time moves in a linear fashion, you fucking old man. But I can feel weather report getting close to the hospital. We can feel everyone getting close to the hospital. And it's only yeah. now I'm realising that Versace has a... Um... Black streak down the centre of his head. Yes. Yeah. And a real bowl cut where the ponytail is not. He's, got, he's also got big sideburns too, though. Oh, they're more like foxtails. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. It's like when they come down, like by the sides. On the grass. It's... <laughs> It's a thing. It's okay. a thing. Mutton chops. No, because mutton chops are like pumping out of your face. You know, they're oh, like here's a, a, here's a crops too. Yeah, his, his is like literally just your top hair just comes down. Okay. That's a foxtail. That's a foxtail. Yeah. Good for grabbing your opponent. At this point, uh, Versus is starting to be disrespectful to the priest. <gasps> He's like, cut the chatter. You confuse me. You're too beautiful. <laughs> are you talking to me? Mr. and Mrs. Christmas unearths memories. The time of the crash was 9.33, and I managed to drag Hermes along. I did it all for you. Leave it to me. And they've got three, two minutes left, two to three minutes left, depending on the second count. The clock doesn't display. So 27 minutes left in anime time. Yep. yep. And to be continued. <gasps> oh my god. Oh my god. What a cliffhanger. Oh my god. That must have been halfway through a chapter. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Madness. Well, Nick. Yes. What are our highlights and lowlights for this episode? My highlight is easy. Because I love me some cannibal corpse. Okay. It's when the nurse, not the nurse, the, the hostess unbuttons the shirt and reveals a man's uh, face. Face that has been melded effectively into her from the crash. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I like that. So I, I in the pre-crash timeline, is there a headless guy down the back or is there two of this guy's heads? I want to say in the standability remembrance thing, there's just going to be this headless dude at the back who's like, yeah, literally. I'm, he's um, like I'm feeling around as my for, I was looking for my head and it wasn't there. Yeah, like Mysterio when he takes his helmet off and he doesn't have a head and he's all like, "Where's my fishbowl?" Haven't seen it. What Mysterio? Yeah, haven't seen Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio. Um, no, that's my highlight for sure. Okay. Love, love me some random gore that's just like so. Look, we could sing about, like, how we all feel sad and we're all depressed. Or we could sing about zombies just eating people. I think we know what we're going to do. That's Cannibal Course, baby. My highlight is the whole thing with the, the shellfish meal. <laughs> Why is that your highlight, though? It's great. It's funny. It's stupid. <laughs> Easily one of the best moments of this episode. Does it have any shellfish? No, only crab, prawn, a um, bit of lobster, some ground up scallops. Yeah. You're probably safe. Except for right. sauce. Mm. <laughs> oh no. Low light. Low light. So my low light, and this is going to be weird. Okay. Is the entire section between Jolene asking Hermes to pull her up to the end of the episode. Because we basically went from, oh no, we're trapped in the plane to, well now we're both trapped in the plane. But not much really has changed yeah. in that entire was a, amount of There was time. a lot of establishing the concept of the stand, but not a lot of actual interaction with it. Yet. Yeah, yeah. So that was annoying. My low light, I think it's a missed opportunity low light. Ooh. I feel like, you know, Hermes's great nemesis returning, albeit briefly, was really kind of brushed over in terms of its impact on her. Yes. Well, she already killed him. She's like... Oh no, you're already, already dead. killed him twice, in fact, because he came back as an invisible oh, ghost. Yeah, that's right. Well, I killed him a third time. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I no, you stay dead, please. Yeah. Okay. Um So, yeah. Nick. Yes. Uh, Versus and Father Pucci have lured Jolene and Hermes into Mr. and Mrs. Christmas's fun festive track. <laughs> exactly. 
But uh, Pucci is nervous because even now he can sense weather report getting closer. His brother, oh my god, the new moon is still approximately three days away. Mm. Emporio has gone to contact the Speedwagon Foundation. Mm. What will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 6, Stone Ocean, in the episode entitled Underworld, or alternatively, Mr. and Mrs. Christmas? Well... I think we're probably going to destroy Underworld. How? Well, that this is what's getting me is, do they just have to escape from where the memory is being played out? So like... I mean, Pucci and uh, Versus are just over there, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, they're in no danger whatsoever. The, the plane will explode and do whatever it's doing over there. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if it will actually harm... Well, I mean, it will harm them because uh, they'll be inside the plane. So I wonder if... They'll have to find a way out, but they can't use the emergency exits because they'll be all locked up because it's a plane mid-flight. Um, they can't use, like, um, they can't break open the windows because it'll be like, it'll depressurize yeah. us or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then if they try to break open the plane, then they'll be like, oh no, we can't, we can't get out because we'll be flung back or something like that. So they'll have to figure out a way to get out of a plane without dying as if they were really in a plane, which in JoJo's words... Just means they're gonna punch. What a plane crashes in yeah, JoJo's. What, what if they? What if they actually end up piloting the fake plane <laughs> so that it doesn't? They do. They do a sully. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Where they're just like, I'm not letting this plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and how they defeat uh, versus? Well, as soon as they get out of the plane, Versace, they'll just kick the crap out of him. Yeah. Exactly. They'll be all like, "You get over here," and Father Pucci will be all like, "I'm out. See you, buddy." Bye. Um, and um, will Emporio successfully contact the Speedwagon Foundation? I want to say yes, but then they'll be all like, oh, great, we can use this. Bye, Emporio, whoever the fuck you are. <laughs> um, or You're maybe, not a joster. What, what if they take him back to the Speedwagon Foundation, they meet Jotaro, and then we have a new Jotaro-Koichi dynamic, but now it's Jotaro and another small Jotaro boy. loves hanging out with the small guys. He really does. If they're, if they're above knee height, Jotaro's not a fan of them. <laughs> He likes them controllable and kickable. He stops time before he beats up Pucci. <sighs> Emporio, I'm really glad I met you. You remind me of Koichi, <laughs> who I'm really glad I met. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe maybe uh, Jodo will come back and then he'll come over, but it'll it'll be too late to get there in time. Or he'll be watching like from a plane and be like, oh no, I can't reach in time, as like a spaceship goes in up. In time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he literally walks the whole way in time stop. And he's like, I've aged four years to reach here in time. You starved Latinum for longer than I've ever used it before. So I'm not going to be good in the fight. So Jolene, you'll have to do it. Mm. But here's one piece of advice I can give you. Punch him in the head. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I reckon he just won't be able to get there in time. And then him and Emporio will be all like, oh no, it's all happening. Yep. Yep. And what about weather report? The priest's brother. Now, this is a piece of the puzzle that I don't know. Because they're making a big deal out of his brother being a thing. Mm -hmm. Brother! And they also made a big deal about how he has the birthmark as well. Yep, they can all sense each other. Yep. But, so so what's getting me now is that, did he have the birthmark before... We talked about this last time. Hmm. The answer is no. Yeah. So he's generated the birthmark, and now he's just still good old weather report. Mm Mm-hmm. Except he's also Father Pucci's brother, but how does that link to anything at all <laughs> in this story? Is it like, oh, only my brother can kill me kind of thing? But Or my I brother's the only one I fear because he used to beat me up as we were kids. <laughs> Imagine if it's like, oh no, not my brother. What did he do to you? He killed my dog. <laughs> Said it set my dog on fire. Why did he do that? Because that's how he learned to make it rain on my dog's corpse. <laughs> And what does this have to do with resolving the story? It doesn't. It's just a terrible backstory. I was actually thinking recently, and I can't go into detail on this at this time, mm-hmm. but I was thinking recently about parallels in the weather report, Father Pucci brother relationship to the Jonathan Joestar and Dio Brando brother relationship. Mm. Uh, more on that when it's all explored, if I remember. Yes. Yes. All right. Okay. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. Curious. Mm. I was musing. 
musing on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, as I do. <laughs> as one is mm, to yes. do, yes. Mm. I was sitting in my... Uh, Lab late one night. <laughs> I, I was reading from my library's collection, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Tunkaban Volume 7. The most curious tome. <laughs> See, within it, Dio the Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, we'll find out all of that next time and more in the episode of Stone Ocean that we have alternatively titled... Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. <laughs> but until then, <laughs> to, to be, be continued. continued.